This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Welcome to Finding Your Bliss, a show that helps you find and follow your bliss. We have a great show for you today featuring two phenomenal women. Here's one of them who are multifaceted, multi-talented and are constantly living their bliss and reinventing themselves. You may remember our first guest, Roseanne Agassi, is one of the most beloved hosts on the Shopping Channel. She finds her bliss now as a successful luxury real estate agent, and she's also a very talented jazz vocalist. Later in the show, Roseanne will sing live for us in the studio. I'm so excited. You don't want to miss this beautiful performance. Also on the show today is Laura Robinson, who's an actress, producer, and inventor of the popular board game Balderdash. And Laura's also written a book called Count your blessings. She is also a singer and she will be performing live in the studio later on in the show. If you have any questions for Roseanne Agassi or for Laura Robinson, please give us a call at 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. And I'm so excited now and delighted to welcome Roseanne Agassi to the program. She was a fixture for many years as a host on the Shopping Channel. And now when she's not selling luxury real estate, I want to hear all about that, you'll find her in a smoky jazz club singing some of the best jazz tunes of all time. But we first met Rosie many years ago on a show on Rogers Cable TV called Cable Beach. And I'm talking, I'm not going to date it, but it was, we were like 19, I think, or 18. hundred so, years ago. You know, 10 years ago, you know. And we were both co-hosting the show and it was my first time ever on camera and all of a sudden I felt a jab in my ribs which was you Rosie signaling to me that I was looking into the wrong camera (laughs) that I had to look into camera three and we had so much fun and we giggled and here we are Roseanne welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Great to be here Judy lovely to see you. So great to see you too. What happened after that show? I know you went on and I went on to do many shows there, like Ask the Experts for your information, eventually in the spotlight. But how did your amazing shopping channel gig materialize? I did do lots of the same shows as you at Rogers. And then a friend of mine asked me to sell live on air the Sabona copper bracelet. So I was the rep on air and I did that for a couple of years. And then I had my daughter and, uh, the shopping channel asked me to come on as a full-time host. Wow. So that's what would like as someone who worked there during someone's mat leave, I know how incredibly difficult it was to learn all the different kinds of jewelry and products. And you always made it look so easy. How would you describe your many years working there? And can you take us as such a popular host? I want to just tell all the listeners, Rosie wasn't just a host. She was one of the most popular fixtures on the channel. You really were. Can you take us through a day in the life of what it was like working on that program? Well, you had to become familiar with all the products, everything. I mean, I knew all the different stones, which I still... Agate. Uh, I, exactly, <laughs> all of them and the settings and everything. It was just like anything that you're 
selling or promoting. You had to prepare. And so it was a lot of reading and research. And eventually, you know, because there are only so many products, you become familiar with them. And it was easy. Did you have a favorite area? I remember I did tree skirts, which was so much fun (laughs) on the Christmas shows. That was my favorite thing. Yeah, I loved it. Oh my gosh. I never even knew what a tree skirt was until I came to the shopping shop. Um, I loved working with, you know, like Joan, Joan Rivers. That was, you know, so anything that she sold, uh, jewelry, which was her primary product there, she was fantastic. She loved you. Joan Rivers loved you. You had a real rapport. Is there anything that stands out from the those interviews or those times? Did you get to keep any of the jewelry? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, they wow. gave us tons and tons of jewelry. It was fantastic. <laughs> a lot stands out. Joan was really professional and um, extremely funny. And, you know, I did an 8.30 a.m. show with her. I'll never forget. I, I can't say what she said, but she said something <laughs> on air. And I was like a deer in the headlights. It was a sexual word oh, that dear. was not something you hear at 8.30 in the morning oh, no. on Toronto radio. You were like mortified. In, uh, on TV, yeah. It was, it was, but she was hysterical. She's so funny. What really about Ivana funny. Trump? Did you ever work with her? Loved her. What Loved was she her. like? She's such a totally character. Totally professional, really smart, really? the longest legs in the world, and very beautiful in real really? life. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Fantastic. All of them were there and they did so well because they were such pros. That's so amazing. Roseanne, you were also a very talented jazz vocalist and you have an album out called Home at Last. Why did you name it this title and can you describe how this album came to be? Steely Dan's my favorite band. Many people know that. (laughs) And one of their albums is uh, Asia and Home at Last is a cut on that. And so we recorded it on the album. And I loved the name because I felt when I was recording that CD in the studio, I really felt like I was home. It was so exciting and great. Explain music in your life. Is this something you grew up in a musical family? You had a lot of musical influences. How did, like, how does it figure? Were you in plays? Were you just always a singer? Like, how did music feature in your life? I was a singer very young. My mother is a vocalist. She's got a gorgeous voice. And I would come home, my dad would be playing music all the time. Edith Piaf and Paul Robeson and Nat King Cole. We were constantly listening to music. And I started a little band with my best friend, Rhonda Hollander at the time, (laughs) called Bittersweet. And we like snuck away from school one day and recorded (laughs) in a recording studio. And our music teacher would send us off to do all these different musical things. And it just carried on. But then, you know, I didn't really do it full time or anything. Uh, my album came when I was cutting a small demo with Robbie Botosh and a couple oh. other people. In fact, you're going to play I've Got a Crush on You. That was done with Robbie Botosh. And oh, he's uh, phenomenal. Wow. Phenomenal. And Dean Cameron, the head of EMI at the time, was listening to his client, Anne Murray, and it, the, the phase one studio, Barry Labotta, played me. And he said, who is she? And they called me into their A&R department. And that's how I got to meet Doug Riley and record with him. And I had a recording uh, distribution deal. And it was a lot of fun. So that whole world was something. And that happened, you know, I think it was 2006 or something. So So I wasn't like a kid. it was in the middle of the shopping channel. It, it, it It was 
Yeah, it was near the end of my journey at the shopping channel. Yes. But um, yeah, it was terrific. So fun. So we're going to hear a song, I've Got a Crush on You. Can you set it up for us? Oh, this is Gershwin, I've Got a Crush on You. Yeah. It's terrific. And as I mentioned, Robbie Botosh plays with me on this. He was he's Love superb. That. Yeah. Are we ready to roll that clip? All right, here it is. Could you, could, could you care for a cunning cottage we could share the world apart my much comes I have got a crush my baby would call that blissful. Who would agree with me? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I actually love that. I, I, so. I Part of me wonders why you're not doing this full time. You're amazing. You know, you'd have to really commit. And, and I think that I, it's, you know, I've got my kids and my family and my loved ones with me and it's not. But as much as I do, I love it. And I have a band, a seven-piece band. I'm playing with our band leader, Lori Mann. Shortly, you'll hear us. And we play around town, and we love what we do. But my my true passion right now is really more real estate. That's oh, We're going to talk about that. So you became a very successful luxury real estate agent. And I think it's part of your bliss. It's not something that you're doing just to fill time or, you know, to whatever. You You actually love this. Love it. What do you love about it? What's it like? Can you take us through a day in the life of being a luxury real estate agent? I like helping people with something that's so significant and, you know, buying and selling real estate. It's probably the most important purchase or sale that anyone's going to have or many people will have in their lives. And it's uh, it, there's a lot of drama in uh, <laughs> real estate. So it fills that sort of thing for me. I love the negotiating aspect of it. But primarily, I like taking a client, whether they're a buyer or a seller, and, and working with them sort of in a bespoke way. You know, everything mm. is custom made. Custom. Lovely. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and, and I see when you when you dress up a place, like you really know how to stage something. Yeah. And I wonder if that is related to the shopping channel. Sure. Days. Yeah, it's all it's all, you know, the way things look and the way things appear. It's the idea of making them fall in love with something, whether it's a product or a house, very important. And I think I, I think I can do that. I think well. you, you nail it. I think yeah. you do it really, really well. That's Thank so you. great. What are the three most important things to Rosanna? And I know you sort of started to touch on it, but the three things that matter the most to you? Well, uh, obviously my loved ones, my family, my friends, my little puppy, everyone that I love <laughs> being with and spending time with. Um, uh, I love working. And I, I love singing. Uh, but there are other things. I Travel is fabulous and restaurants, that kind of thing. Those I, I'm a pretty passionate person. You know, I like to squeeze the juice out of it every day. And um, yeah, I think I've got a lot of wonderful things in my life. I'm very grateful. Would you ever want to go back on camera or is it sort of that those days or, or, or is I it are you open to? I could, yeah. I mean, you know, because I focus so much on real estate, uh, it would have to be very compelling for me to be 
right. taken away from How that. How about a real estate singing show? Okay, let's do let's it. Do let's it. do Yay. it. The greater ideas have started, right, from, the, from things just like this. We're going to go to a short commercial break, and when we come back, you are all in for a real treat. Roseanne Agassi will be singing live when we come back, accompanied by Lori Mann on the guitar. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and if you just tuned in, this is Finding Your Bliss, AM 740, FM 96.7, and we are joined by former Shopping Channel host and luxury real estate agent Roseanne Agassi, who is also a fantastic jazz vocalist, and she's going to be singing live for us right now. I'm so excited. She's on the stool, accompanied by Lori Mann, and they will be singing a Michael Franks tune called The Lady Wants to Know. Roseanne, can you set this up for us? What do you love about this song? Everything. It's so great. My whole band loves playing it. I'm a massive Michael Franks fan. And, uh, oh, it's just such a, he's just got such a great mood. It's, it's happy music and sexy music. I like it a lot. Love it. Love it. So we're all looking so forward to hearing you. So away you go. And listeners, you're in for a real treat. starts to cry Lady wants to know the reason why Daddy's just like Coltrane Baby's just like Miles Lady's just like Heaven when she smiles Lady wants to know, she wants to know the reason, got to know the reason why this man has got to go, this man is always leaving, how he hates to say goodbye, but what she doesn't know, is there really is no reason, really is no reason why. Daddy hates airplanes Baby loves to fly Lady wants to know the reason why <gasps> Woo! Love that. Thanks, Jude. Good job. Thank oh, my God. Much. Great job as well. That's wonderful. So, Roseanne, singing, like when you sing, I see your eyes light up. 
and I see that you're lit with animation. How is it really part of your bliss? Because I think this the show is finding your bliss and I feel that bliss and music are so synonymous, you know? We agree on that 100%. I think we've agreed on so many things. It's so lovely <laughs> to be here with you. I know, but, you no, too. music is, it, it, it's better than a drug and it can change your mood. You can be sad and listen to a song that lifts you up and you can, you know, it just enhances everything. Yes. I'm always listening to music. So, of course, it's all tied in with bliss. It's so sure. true. And for those of you who are listening on the radio and aren't seeing the live uh, feed, like the live stream, it's amazing to watch you when you sing because her eyes are closed. She's in her zone. She's zened out and she creates bliss for everybody, which is so wonderful. Thank you, Judy. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being here today. And if people want to get in touch with you, Rosie, what is the best way they can do that? Uh, I'm on Instagram under Roseanne Agassi, which is R-O-S-A-N-N-E-A-G-A-S-E-E. And you can also go on my website, RoseanneAgassi.com. And you can call me, 416-993-6765. I would definitely say she is the girl that you want to go to for real estate. But also, we can't wait to hear about future gigs. So post them on your Instagram and on your socials. And Facebook. and And Facebook, too. And let us know, and we'll post it as well. Thanks, Jude. Thank you so Pleasure. much, Roseanne. And thank you to Lori for being here today. I'm, this is Finding Your Bliss, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we are just going to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we will be joined by Laura Robinson, game inventor, actress, singer, and producer. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back and you are listening to Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer AM 740 FM 96.7. I'm so excited to introduce you to my next guest, Laura Robinson, who wears so many hats and wears them all beautifully. Laura, you were on Night Heat, the popular U.S. series for many years. You are an actress, a singer, the author of this book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Count Your Blessings, one of the co-authors, and you are the inventor of the very popular board game Balderdash. If you have any questions for Laura about Balderdash, Night Heat, or being on the hit series Cheers or Frasier, give us a call at 416-360-0740 or one 740 Let's start. Welcome. I'm so happy Thank to have you, you here. Thank you. It's so great to be <laughs> Delightful here. Delightful to finally meet you. You too. Let's start with your invention of the classic board game Balderdash, which has sold over 20 million copies worldwide. We have it right here. <laughs> the original. That, the original copy. That is so incredible. What was the inspiration for Balderdash and how did it all happen? 
Well, I co-invented the game uh, with my boyfriend at the time, Paul Toyne, and I loved playing games. And I grew up in a very um, fun kind of game-playing household. My mother was a triplet from Brantford, Ontario. A little shout-out to Brantford. And we always played games. Come a bit closer to the oh, mic so we sure. can hear your beautiful voice. Great. And um, uh, so I grew up in um, London, and we always would have Christmas at our house, and we'd always play games. And... Um, a really competitive family, and then I uh, could never win those games because I was the baby of everyone. And I found a game, I was introduced to a game at my girlfriend's cottage called The Dictionary Game, where you invent phony definitions to strange words. And this was a game I could actually win, legit. (laughs) So I ended up... um, playing that game a lot. And when when Paul and I met, we both played the played the dictionary game up in Collingwood. And then Trivia Pursuit had just come out. I had a friend who had invested in Trivia Pursuit and was making a pile of money. Wow. And we were like, we should do a game. So we did it. It happened very quickly. It was from inception of the idea to product on the shelves was less than a year. So people are going to ask, how do you create a board <clears throat> game? Like, how do you, what, how does it happen? Well, it's funny because I do some keynote speaking in this area. And I al- always tell people, don't sort of know too much about how hard things are because we had no idea how hard it was, quote unquote. And it wasn't that hard for us as a result, I think, because we just, it was ignorance is bliss. Right. Of, that Absolutely. is kind of bliss. Absolutely. And we knew we had a good idea because it had been played in its parlor version for many years. Yes. So the best thing about games when you're inventing games is to test them. So this game had been tested because every time when we went on our first Cross Canada tour to promote it, Everyone was like, I've been playing that game for 10 years. <laughs> so we were kind of just the ones that boxed it for Isn't the first time. Isn't that smart? Isn't that true? And mm. you sort of figure it out as you go, right? I'm sure you didn't know. So who do you speak to about the actual boards? So we <laughs> did get some advice um, from people, and we got a very good attorney. And he actually introduced us. It's uh, uh, Peter Steinmetz from Yorkville. And we spent all our money on these <laughs> trademarks and everything. But it ended up being invaluable because he introduced us to our distributor and to um, Atlantis Films. We had a game show idea for Balderdash wow. before we even had the game made. So, you know, those relationships are actually priceless. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And when you have a good idea, it can just take on a life of its uh-huh. own, right? And we did really good marketing. We actually, um, uh, for a press tour for the game, we um, created a hundred games with a little transistor of this thing called laugh in, a bu- laugh in a Bag, I think it was. It was a little novelty like a pet rock. That's so cute. And we figured out a way that when you lift it off the cover of the game, it laughed. That's and we sent it out to all the um, press and we got tons of press. Oh, so the first year we terrific. had so much crazy press. You know what's great about it is that a lot of people have ideas, but they Mm. stay in that wishful thinking phase. Right. And what I love about a lot of what you do is you're a make it happen kind of girl, which is so fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) It's really wonderful. Uh And what's so cool is you're also producing games for television. Right. And one of the things that you did was you brought the celebrity name game to TV and you worked with some pretty big stars like Courtney Cox and David Arquette. Can you tell Craig Ferguson was involved in this as well. Can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. So that was also a game. Um, my second game uh, was based on another parlor game called Celebrity. Have you ever played Celebrity? It's just yes. almost like charades where you, everyone writes names of famous people in a hat and you just pull them out and try and get your team to say them. Um, but you can use words. There's different ways to play it. Anyway, we we did a box version of that called Identity Crisis. And my agent at William Morris in L.A. said, you know who would love Because I wanted to turn it into a game show. And he connected us to David and, and Courtney, who signed on as our partners. And we sold that pretty fast, too. And then, you know, it takes a while 
sometimes in television to to get things going. The contracts take a long time. I have another project right now that I'm working on that's taking forever, but the tenacity is there. And it was with Identity Crisis and Celebrity Name Game, and we were on the air for three seasons. Wow. And Craig Ferguson, Scottish, uh, <laughs> a late night host, was Lovely a fantastic guy. host. And yeah, it was a really great experience. Isn't I loved that fantastic? And you have a new one <clears throat> coming up. We don't know what it is yet, right. but will you, will you give us a hint? Yeah, or? sure. It's um, based also on a game called Five Second Rule. And <clears throat> oh, excuse me, great. Ellen DeGeneres has been playing a version of that on her show. Yes. So it's a really fun game where you have oh. to name three things in a category in five seconds or less. That's and so um, yeah, I've sold it probably three or four times. So it's just finding the exact right team. And, and we have something really big in the works right now. So That's fingers great. are always crossed. I say fingers, eyes, toes, whatever I can cross, I cross. And Ellen, if you're listening, <clears throat> she would love to be a guest, guest on your show ah, with the game. You. And you can be the first one to play the game because yeah. it all started. Yeah. That's great. Um, you're also a gifted singer-songwriter. And we're going to play a track of a song that you did caught, called What Else But Love. Can mm. you set it up for us? Yes, sure. I co-wrote this with a, a Toronto wonderful composer, Don Brightup. And... Um, um, he uh, had the song kind of half written, and I came in and wrote the second half. And uh, this is, you know, it, the name sort of says it all, What Else But Love. Such so a great it's title. Just, That's you, you had me at the title. I, I love it's, <laughs> yeah. I, it's sort of about having the courage to get back in the game after a heartbreak, and just love will find you. Love finds us wherever it of can. Of course, mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Let's play that. What else but love? Keeps you hanging on Makes you weak then makes you strong What else but love Finds you anywhere Breaks you down then makes you care What reckless dream Takes everything Then shows you what you're made of What else but love La 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 love that. It kind of makes you cry. It's so beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) I love that. It's very emotional. I like to write emotional songs. It's really great. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You were also raised, like Roseanne, in a very musical family. What was that like? How would you describe that? It was when I was listening to Roseanne, it was very, very similar. My father uh, was a jazz saxophonist. So I was raised with Frank Sinatra and Jobim and a lot of the similar, similar uh, people and just music always playing in the house and all going to gigs and having jam sessions at our house since I was a toddler. I actually started singing jazz in clubs in London. I was raised in London, Ontario. When I was 15, they were kind of smuggling me in because I looked older. So I started singing standards before I kind of even knew what I was doing. And I've always been singing in, and um, there was just a lot of music in, in our house too. So it's funny. And now my son has taken, sort of taken up the torch. And he also, as your daughter, <laughs> uh, went to an art school and um, performed in, in musicals like West Side Story and Rent. And he's in Los Angeles now and doing music and doing acting as well. That's so, so amazing. Is the, he doing more Broadway stuff or more he, pop? Or? He um, has a kind of John Mayer sort of project that he's working nice. on, but he loves Broadway as well. So I don't know where what will happen. He's just auditioned for um, a, a daytime soap where he's going to, where they are looking for a pop like he'll play a pop star so that maybe he'll end up coolest. combining oh. it's really fun to combine i actually got to do one part in my career where i got to sing as a you know in part of the acting job was that she was a singer as well so it's kind that's, of fun to combine those. that's amazing well they have to meet 
one day. Maybe they'll do yes. a gig together. I one know. Day. That'd be, be amazing. So cool. They could do Maria and Tony. <laughs> and Maria and Tony. Oh, my that'd God. Be great. That'd be awesome. I'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just recently did a one-hour special edition of Finding Your Bliss with Jack Canfield, mm-hmm. author of The Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Amazing. That was incredible for an hour. And, Gosh. And here, right over here, I have a beautiful book that you co-authored called Count Your Blessings, 101 Stories of Gratitude, Fortitude, and Silver Linings. I love that title. Thank you. How did this all come to fruition? And can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I, I uh, was working on a lifestyle brand called Count Your Blessings because I feel like gratitude is such a, you know, it's sort of at the pinnacle and, and just it's really finding its finding its momentum now with gratitude journals and people are getting on board with realizing that just coming from gratitude is such a great way to improve your life and just yes. make you feel better and find your bliss. And uh, so we had a game. I, I created a game called Count Your Blessings and we got connected to them through a publicist. Um, and they turned out they were working on another game. I think it was called. Um, oh, it was. A, it was after the uh, the recession in uh, 2008, and it was about. It was called Tough Times, Tough People, and <laughs> they ended up just putting a lot of those stories into Count Your Blessings because really. Most of the people were using the term count your blessings in their stories. Like going through something hard. You know, sometimes the things that we think are the worst turn out to be the best. The best If I hadn't gotten divorced, I would have never met my true love. Or if I hadn't, you know, had that car accident, I wouldn't have found out like what, how strong I was. So um, one of the things I say is from, oh God, to thank God. It's like those moments where you go, that, that's how you can turn things around. And they, we said in in the book too, we call them silver linings and blessings in disguise because you have to kind of look for them mm-hmm. and having a mindset where you are looking for those things yes. when things go wrong just have a little glimmer in your mind saying wonder what good is going to come out of this and it turns can turn a day around That's or so true. like a, a trauma too. it's so true and even just training yourself to think of five things that you're thankful for every yes. day getting your kids to do it whether it's verbally before bed what are five things that so you're so grateful for, for or to write them down in a journal yourself yeah. and that's the Sarah Ben Brechner uh, book that yes. she did years ago Remember the Simple one. Abundance Absolutely. but it really does work because you start to sort of we had a guest on for our mental health empowerment show last oh, week who so said important. so important just look for something beautiful every day yes. and just say what that and is notice it. and notice it be aware and then all of a sudden it starts to happen every, you're like oh my god there it is, there it is, there it is. Like you have more yeah. and more of them because you, you're, it's almost like you're flexing that muscle. Totally. Right? Absolutely. And um, Chicken Soup has done so much for that with all their beautiful empowerment books. And so it was really fun working with them and reading all the stories. And I found out that I love to edit. And I actually had never really written before that, but I wrote two stories for the book. So one is about um, a story where a little bird came to visit me on the day of my father's funeral. And I felt like, you know, it just helped me through the day and sort of getting those messages from beyond too. And then I, I've written some other uh, stories in, in a few of their other books <clears throat> and actually co-authored another whole book about hockey believe it or not called hooked on hockey my son <laughs> gave me the title because um we i guest edited a book about canada they're very popular in canada and do so you I, sleep <laughs> yeah not as much as i should <clears throat> it seems like i'm always doing something but i love i love um that that series i'm really uh, proud of it and love working That's with them so amazing you, you if you, anyone would like to um I oh. have a book that we can give away to a listener too. Oh, someone phones in. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that so I can sign If you book. call in, you can actually win a copy of Chicken Soup for the Soul, Count Your Blessings, mm-hmm. 101 Stories of Gratitude, Fortitude, and Silver Linings. That's so great. So I'll call in and you will have a book. That's amazing. Laura, you've had a long-standing career as an actress in both film and television in Los Angeles and in Toronto. And many of our listeners will remember you playing one of the regular, regular leads on the long-running CBS TV 
series Night Heat, where you played Detective Christine Meadows. Mm-hmm. What was it like to star in that very popular and successful long-running show? You know, it was such a pleasure. Um, there, I loved being part of that ensemble and just having a steady job as an actor. It was so fun to kind of relax in and be, you know, working for a long time on the same character. Actually, the character Christine Meadows was originally a... Um, a guest star. I was a forensic scientist, and my mom used to say that if you asked her what time it is, she'd tell you how to make a watch. It's one of those <laughs> nudgy characters that just goes on and on, and I would have pages of dialogue, and so it was really fun, but then we transitioned and became a regular as a detective, and three seasons on that show, and it was sort of the big first show that came to Toronto, an American show that came up here, and so many people got work. We used to say, as actors, all roads lead to night heat, because everybody <laughs> that got, got guest stars, and over the years, I've connected with so many people who's like, oh, I did night heat, too. That's so amazing. Mm-hmm. We've had a, a bunch of calls were flashing. Oh, oh, I want to see oh. if, if Caroline is still on the air. Do we have Caroline on the air or anybody else over here? I don't know. There was a bunch flashing. Oh, we're just sorry. having a little technical. We're just figuring this out. Oh, here she is. Caroline. Hi, Caroline. Are you ready to talk to us on Finding Your Bliss? It's not Caroline. Okay, it is. We're just finding out who it is. Hello, you're on the air? Okay, we've lost them. Oh, it's Sheila. Hi, Sheila. You're on the air. This is Finding Your Bliss. (laughs) Hi, Sheila. I don't know what happened to Sheila. Okay, we're going to come back to... Hello? Hi. Hi. I just wanted to say how much I've enjoyed these interviews and the the songs. And and when she mentioned Chicken Soup for the Soul and Counting Your Blessings, I've had a gratitude journal for a very long time. Oh, that's Aww. amazing. Good and I really <laughs> love doing it, and I've passed it on to several people. That's how it works. Because I want everybody to do it. Oh, that's everyone so, really should do. Everyone it. should do it. It's, it's a game changer. A and guess what, Sheila? You are the winner of this beautiful book. I don't know if you're watching this live or just listening, but Chicken Soup for the Soul, Count Your Blessings. And we're going to keep it here for you at Zoomer Radio. And, and you can pick it up. I can autograph it for you. Would you. Can I sign it to you, Sheila? Or to, I'll sign it to you and then you can pick it up. That's amazing. Can we, can we, does that work for you, Sheila? Yeah. Come to Toronto because I'm in Dunkirk, New York. Oh, well, oh. well after the too. show, we're going to find out your address and we're going to we're going to connect with you and and uh, Laura will mail you a copy. That's very nice, yes, Laura. Sure, Thank you. No <laughs> That's amazing. That's so wonderful. So you okay? The thing that I couldn't believe when I was reading your CV because I was I, you, <laughs> you had me at at chicken soup and right. at, at balderdash and at night heat, but then I went on to to read that you starred in you had uh, starring uh, roles in <laughs> Fraser. And in Cheers. Yes, I did. Let's start with Frasier. That must have been it was, a blast. It was so much fun. And I actually played um, a producer. So I got, I, no, I've never been a producer on, uh, like, for radio. But it's funny that we're doing radio. So I played one, I was like a guest producer on his radio show. And Kelsey and I were friends because we had met at a charity celebrity event years before. So it was great to do that show. And it's um, the same family that did Cheers as well. So I, I previously had done oh. Cheers. Oh, you started yeah, the Cheers. Yeah, I, I, I played the nurse in the episode where Frasier and Lilith have their baby. Oh, and I God. came in and brought the baby and they were going, oh, he's got your nose, he's got your eyes. And then I peek my head in a minute later and go, I'm so sorry, this is your baby. I had given them the wrong baby. <laughs> oh, it's like the ditzy nurse. And then Ted Danson or Sam picks me up, you know, like 
What was it like? And stuff. What was it like to work? I mean, I'm looking at the oh, cast: like, Danny DeVito, Kirstie Alley, Ted Danson, Woody Harrelson, Rhea Perlman. Like all the best. Th- this is like this doesn't get any better. This is the creme de la creme. It right? was. It was the top, and it was so much oh. fun at being on, on those sets and with Jimmy Burrows and Andy Ackerman, who and went on to direct all the Seinfeld episodes and um, being at Paramount and just it was. It was so fun. I love the four-camera sitcom. It just was my ideal job. How would you describe what a four-camera sitcom is? So so Cheers and Frasier and uh, Big Bang Theory and those kind of shows, they're shot live. So they rehearse all week, and then they shoot it live in, with a studio audience. So it's almost like doing a play every week. And it's, oh. you get that immediacy from the audience, and the audience gets to watch a show being made. So it's a really great thing. And, and um, you know, there have been long-running shows. It's such a... it's And there's the cameras are shooting from different angles so then they just cut it together so you just have to do the scene once or twice and then they, they cut the show together that's fantastic i yeah. think we actually do have oh. caroline back on the air is it. she here we're not sure okay <laughs> i'm talking okay to so she is not here okay Call back, caroline. We'll, find, we'll, we'll find caroline later no problem okay so that is incredible so how did that all materialize that gig on cheers just auditioning so i um, was acting in Toronto and I was going down to New York and doing auditions for soaps and doing different things. And I auditioned for something called the ABC Development Project, which was kind of a throwback to the old studio system. And they saw a lot of people from all the graduating classes from theater programs in the States and other kids too. And I got recommended from someone at ABC and I ended up getting, I got that job and I, they relocated me to Los Angeles and I just started auditioning. And so I had an agent there and was doing auditions, but I really wanted to do comedy and I had been doing, you know, comedy was kind of like where I started, but I ended up on night heat and I played a lot of detectives and a lot of like evil women. I don't know why I'm like the nicest girl you'd ever meet, but something about my eyes or my deep voice like Roseanne and I both have deep voices sort of like and so I was constantly dyeing my hair dark playing these evil characters like blondes can't be evil but anyway I I got a lot of those jobs and um so I just auditioned for Cheers, and when, I was the first one I got. And got what that was part that audition like? Like, can you just, take us through, like, just for people yeah. who've never been to an audition with the long table and the yeah, auditioners? Yeah, you walk in and stand on your mark, and usually they film you, and you're reading with a reader. And um, I've had some funny auditions, and I think it's really important <laughs> to just be yourself in those auditions because they sometimes just get the essence of who you are, even if you blow a line. One of my biggest jobs, I completely did the wrong line, and I was chatting up the wrong person. I, the casting agent was this famous casting agent named Lynn Stallmaster, and I thought it was a woman because I just arrived in L.A. and I had no idea. Lynn, I'm in a room with like seven guys and one girl. I'm thinking, okay, well, that must be that Lynn. That must be Lynn. <laughs> and, I'm, and it was a very vampy kind of thing. You know, your brains and my – your brawn and my brains will go all the way. It was about this comic strip. And I was chatting up and like seducing this woman. And then over from the other side was this older man goes – the line and I looked and I threw my script up and, bur- and burst out laughing <laughs> and thought well I've completely blown this <laughs> well, job this I drove home in like shame and my agent said I don't know what you did but they just kept, they just booked you and they're not even going to do a screen test so for any actors out there be yourself you're um, my I had an acting teacher once that said accentuate your eccentricities That's because so it's like be really be you and don't be afraid just go in and, and do be you. Do That's you so good? Isn't that what Idina Menzel did also in her audition? Yes. She just was. She said, "Oh, this is just a disaster." Whatever. Yeah. She, and she just went for it. And they're like, "That's exactly what we it's want the weird. character to look it's like." It's really weird. Sometimes when you completely give up and think you've you know really made a mistake, that's that's sometimes is the one you get. Is the one that you get. Yeah. Are you still acting? Are you still? I know I you do, do a lot of. Well. Not not as much, but I would like to do more. You want to actually. do more? Yeah. Do you have an agent in Toronto? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I that's do. So yeah. good. 
I hope you're listening. She's amazing. Hire her, everybody. She's so great. <laughs> Every time I look at your picture, and even in person, you remind me so much of Elizabeth Montgomery, who played Samantha Stevens in the TV show Bewitched. <laughs> Do you get that all the time? I rarely get it, but it's really funny because my father used to say that. Isn't that funny? So it really touches my heart <laughs> that you noticed that. And I loved that show. I mean, we had so many great shows growing up, didn't, didn't we? Didn't we have the best? Coming home from school and watching Green Acres and I Bewitched. Dream of Jeannie. I Jeannie. Those songs are still in our head. Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, I know. They're the greatest. Gilligan. And they were all connected. <laughs> Hooterville and all those towns were like down the row. And the, it was fun. Yeah, those were amazing sitcoms. Can I say they don't make TV like they used to? I, I know. I feel like it. It's true. Isn't it those true? Were the, those so- were the golden days for sure. Laura, as I said, you win, you wear, you you win too. And you wear, <laughs> you wear so many hats as, oh, we have, before I get to this question, we have a call okay. from Bruce. Okay. Oh, and I think he is on the air. Hi, Bruce. Hi, Bruce. Good afternoon. Good. listening just the latter part of your show, and I, I, I just had a question uh, for your guest about the, like, the whether she could comment on the connection between being a game inventor on one hand and also being a successful actor, and I wondered if the, what the connection might be there. That's an interesting question. Um, I'm not sure there is a direct connection, but uh, I think that being an actor, you have to really be in the moment, and, and there's a lot of improvisation, and the games that I love and the games I love to create are games that you know, create moments and FaceTime for people. And it's not so much about um, strategy games, but being in a party situation. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there's a connection in my life that games were always so much a part of play. And I love the quote that says, um, we don't grow older. Beca- no, we don't stop. What is it? You don't, uh, you don't stop playing because you grow older. You grow older because you, you stop, stop playing. playing. Yes. And so... I think acting is really about playing, too, being playful and, and bringing all kinds of imagination to your role. And I feel the same with games like Balderdash or Pictionary or all those fun games that require some creativity. Well said. No, that's, uh, yeah, when you think about that, it makes perfect sense. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank Glad you for your call. Here. Thank you for your call. Uh, if you're listening, this That's is so nice. Finding Your Bliss, AM 740, FM 96.7. And uh, we're so happy to have all of your calls. And just a question about Balderdash. How do you play the game? The game is played um, where you uh, you take a card from the game. And then we have, on the original game, we had 2,500 crazy words. And we did this all without a computer, Judy, back oh, in the day. So in 1986, I think it came out. It was all so written crazy. out or yeah. typed out? or. Yeah. Like with a wow. word processor and going to, we were, um, went to the University of Toronto library and would just like look for crazy words and got locked in there one night, but that's another whole long story. <laughs> but, um, so you put one person, we call them the dasher. So if there's four or five people playing, you say, say you're the dasher, you pull a word and say, or I'll pull the word and say, the word is, um, Perwitzky, let's say, and everybody has to write down. You have no idea because these are words that you wouldn't really know. So you write down a phony definition. You could say it's, you know, a hat worn by people in Lapland or whatever, you know, with colorful. And you make it sound like a, like from the Latin or whatever. People do whatever they want and they make the dictionary, their definition sound legit. And then I write down the real one, which is on the other side of the card. And then you hand them into me. I read them all aloud and people have to vote on which one they think is right. So if we played, you would know yours is wrong, but out of the other people, one of them is right, but you don't know. And you get points for guessing the right word. 
for people guessing your definition. And then if as a, as the dasher, if no one gets it right, then I get points too. It's like a shutout. So it's a very ah. simple game. You don't have to read rules. And what I love about Balderdash is that it's not what you know. <clears throat> it's just how well you can kind of fib. Yes. That's <clears throat> really, me. really cool. I think we might have another call coming up, but I'm waiting to hear about that. Mm. But, uh, you, you do so many different things as, as, you know, an actor, a singer, a writer. But I think lately you're really enjoying the producing hat as well. Definitely. I Can you love tell that. us why? Cause you, I, I see you so much as an actor yeah. and as a singer and as a performer, but you love producing well, too. It's funny because I just have that sort of brain where I have a bird's eye view, I think, similar to you, and sort of see a big picture a lot. And being an actor was so fun for many, many years. But even when I was like on Night Heat, I was constantly, you know, talking to the cameraman or know, uh, getting to know the writers. I like the sort of the being at the top of the chain a little bit more than just coming in at the last minute and doing my job. So producing uses a lot more of all the different aspects, left and right brain firing at, on all circuits. Would you ever want to be Woody Allen and do the, I'm not uh, saying him specifically, but his, <laughs> his kind of thing. And do film, the, do I, the, I'd love to do scripted. Actually, uh, I would love to do that. That's so good. We have another call. You're getting so many calls. This is fantastic. We have Arlene on the line. Hi, Arlene. You're on the air. Hi, I was a huge fan of Celebrity Name Game. It was so hilarious. Um, and and uh, you mentioned that you were a producer uh, with Courtney Cox. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any more games in the works with Courtney or anybody else that we can look forward to? Oh, that's so nice of you to call. I do have this other one called Five Second Rule that I'm working on. And it, uh, we're not sure when that's going to happen, but we're talking to some networks about that. And it's, um, very similar in a way to, um, to, uh, to Celebrity Name Game in that it just is people are on a clock and there's a lot of that excitement of being, you know, put on the spot and, and those kind of games that we love to watch. And, and the tag on the board game is called, um, just uh, spit it out. Five second rule, <laughs> just spit it out because people, so if you had to name three green vegetables, people, when there's five seconds, I might say asparagus, broccoli, cucumber, and then tomatoes. Like people say the wrong thing all the time. Right. And if you, and you can see Ellen play it, but it's fun if you, if you uh, do you enjoy playing those kind of games too? Um, I I really enjoy watching them on TV, but yes. I I love um, Pictionary and I love Balderdash. Oh, so much you. fun. Oh, I just wondered if okay. Zoomer Zoomer TV would would do a game ah. game show. That or could even, be great. You could maybe be the host could, and the you know, producer. You could even do a radio because because Balderdash actually came. The uh, the dictionary game was played in England as something called Call Your Bluff, which is three kind of people give their definitions and then the callers have to guess which one is That's right. That's fun. It's really fun. And we did it. And actually, we promoted the game at the very be- first time we got into the States. Howard Stern, actually, oh. we sent it out to radio uh, hosts to play a version of Balderdash and he picked all the ones that were naughty. <laughs> Everyone, anything that had the slightest, like, naughty. Raciness. Yeah, and Howard Stern actually put us on the on the, on the the map in the Eastern Seaboard. So I'm always grateful to him. Thank you for calling. Oh, wonderful. Thank you for well, your good call. Luck. Good luck. Thank with, you. with getting your games uh, on the air again. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much for Thanks. your call. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. So great. Uh, love that. Um, love, love all these calls. They're wonderful. Um, you have a wonderful song that you've sang. Yeah. And um, I'd love you to sing, do this performance. I think you're going to sing one of your own original compositions. Mm-hmm. And it's a Christmas song. <laughs> it may only be November, but when it comes to finding your bliss, Christmas can't come soon enough. Can That's you tell us true. about your song? <laughs> That's so nice you said that. Well, Christmas is my favorite time of year. And it's feeling a little chilly today here I in know. Toronto. 
And it's one of the nice things about when the holidays come that we're all gearing up for that. But I wrote this song. Um, it's called Let's Stay Home for Christmas. And I always say it's about, it's, um, kind of about opting out of the crazy of Christmas, like the whole stress of Christmas and how stressed people get. I'd love to take that off the table and kind of, it's actually a, a romantic uh, Christmas song. Um, but I've played it many times and it's actually on iTunes and, um, people, uh, just families can relate too because it, it, it is romantic, but, um, you know, everybody can relate to taking away that stress and kind of just being with the ones you love and, and being in the moment. What is the exact name so people can find it on iTunes? Sure. It's called Let's Stay Home for Christmas. Let's Stay Home for Christmas. I'll give you a little taste. And you can just play it away. Okay. <laughs> Let's stay home for Christmas. Let's not do the rounds. Let's forgo tradition, the yuletide sights and sounds. I'll tell my folks I have to work and can't fly back this year. Skip the neighbor's open house, instead we'll stay right here. Let's stay home for Christmas, let's try something new. You won't have to rush around like you always do. Cause I don't need another thing, honestly it's true. The only gift I really want is Christmas time with you. Couldn't we just hide away in each other's arms? Don't you think the world would understand? Lying here beside the fire, that's where we belong. snow come down If we're lucky everyone will think we're out of town It's magic when you kiss me and it's just me and you I'm so happy that we'll have a Christmas time for two And maybe we can just stay home for Christmas next year too La la, la la Thank you. <laughs> that was so great. Thank you very much. So much. I love that one. We have Heather on the line. Hi, Heather. You're on the air. Hi. Hi, Heather. Welcome to Finding Your Bliss, AM 740, FM 96.7. Do you have a question for Laura? Yes. Um, Laura, as a family, um, we're big fans of board games, especially at Christmas time. Um, I buy one every year, and we all sit down after Christmas dinner and play it. And as our girls have grown up over the years, um, we still do it, even with them in their 20s. And I was just wondering what kind of process goes into inventing a board game. That's so great you play. And I get so many uh, comments about people play Balderdash at Christmas and New Year's, like every year. It's their kind of thing or at the cottage here in Canada. And um the process is different for everyone, but um, for Balderdash and for the other ones I've invented, I like to take... The, have you ever heard of a parlor game? So pe people don't really know that term anymore because... I, I do, actually. Parlor <laughs> games, so you know. And, yes. and um, I just homemade games. I love those... Yes. 
those simple games that have been passed on, I guess because that's how I was, was, you know, introduced to games was this parlor game called, we called it Guggenheim. It's actually the precursor to a game called Scattergories. So games oh, yeah. that are simple to play and everybody gets a chance to kind of show their smarts or show their creativity and no one's really intimidated. But you can, um, if you find an old parlor game, you can kind of make a prototype, just make it out of pe a pen and paper. And then that's what we did. And we would just play it and test it. And I'm always telling inventors that test and test and test. And then oh, okay. we got someone to make us a box design and a board design. And then uh, we went and found a distributor. And so um, there's some funny stories because we walked out of our first meeting with our <laughs> distributor because they said they wanted to do it, but it would take a year. And we were just like, that's crazy. And we walked out. I remember it was snowing. We walked out to the parking lot and they followed us out and said, come back, come back, we'll do it. And they did a, right. test, a test run, which is more expensive for them because you want to make, when you're making a product, you want to make it in volume. But they did 2,500 games and it actually was, oh God, to thank God because for us, because they put it out in small stores in Toronto and then um, because of all the press we got, they ran out and they were taking orders <laughs> in these stores. Happy, Happy problem. problem. Yeah, oh, that's, wow. Isn't that something? That was kind wow. of an interesting <laughs> thing that happened. And I think the game, you know, it just, it, it kind of had a life of its own after that. That's, oh, wonderful. That's so great. Thank that's you so great. much for your call, Heather. Thank you. Yes, thank, thank you. for your question. Thank you so much. Thanks. We have another call on the air. I think this is, I want to make sure it's Monica. Is it Monica on the air? It is. Hi, Monica. Welcome to Finding Your Bliss, AM 740, FM 96.7. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Great, thanks. Do you have a question for Laura? I do. Um, Laura, I'm a big fan and a huge fan of yours, but I'm curious, is there a time of day when ideas come to you? Does that's, it happen? Wow. That's a very interesting <laughs> question. And I, I used to be my sort of white hour was 3 a.m. And I didn't write music for a long time after I had kids because who's awake at 3 a.m. unless you have a, cr a crying baby? Sure. But um, I like to, I, I like Joni Mitchell is very nocturnal. And that's a really interesting question. And I do get a lot of, I kind of had to, to back my time up and I'm, I can, I almost can be creative on, on demand now, but I think that if, when, if you're in like a creativity thing or you're playing or jamming, you know, with friends and we stay up later towards the, the, the night, the, the night hours are a little bit more my creative time yeah. or driving in the car. You can call me anytime, by the way, at three in the morning. I'm always, <laughs> oh, see, you're like me and probably you too, Monica. Well, if you're writing, if you, if you're in the car, <laughs> no, but you're I, coming up with ideas. Yes, I am. And that's why it's like... Okay, so, or if it's at 3 a.m. in the morning, how do you make sure that you're going to remember them? That's a very good point. And I've forgotten things. I've rewritten complete songs in my head in the <laughs> night. And if I don't want to wake my husband up, I always think I'm going to remember. And then I don't <laughs> the next day. So I guess it's good to have a little pad and paper. Um yeah, because a lot of people say they get those inspirations in the night. Thank you so we're, much. We're actually at the end of our car. time. Just asking. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for your call. We're at the end of our time. I wish we could go on and on. I want to thank all of my guests today, former Shopping Channel host, Josanne Agassi, and it was great having her here, and Laura Robinson. What a delight to have you on the program thank and you. to spend this Saturday afternoon with you. It was so, it was great. so fantastic. Too, uh, I'm going to just quickly tell you there's a wonderful new documentary, CBC. It's called Stage, the Culinary Intern. The film follows a group of interns. It's on CBC tomorrow night at 9 p.m. It's called, uh, it looks at some of the best restaurants in the world called Muggeritz in Spain. It's a candid look at the inner workings of the restaurant industry. I'm telling you this because we have an 
intern who became a production coordinator who's amazing. Awesome. I want to thank all, um, everybody here at Zoomer, um, producer Phyllis Newman, production coordinator Valerie Stanton, technical producer Faz Wazi, uh, Jordan Shakravarti, and Everybody here at Zuber Radio, if you're driving, please pull over and turn off your car. I'm going to take a deep breath and close and help you all relax with this closing meditation. (sighs) Close your eyes, be very still, and imagine that you're holding a big balloon. It's very light. How does it feel to touch? What color is the balloon? This balloon is so light It starts to float up into the air. Hold on tight and feel the balloon gently rising into the sky. You know that you're in control and can return safely to Earth whenever you choose. The big balloon is pulling you further and further into the air. Take in a deep breath right in and breathe out slowly. Breathe in again deeply and breathe out slowly. And each time you breathe, you gently glide further and further into the warm summer sky. The deeper your breath is, the further you can travel. See how far you can drift through the air, holding on to your balloon. Keep breathing deeply and floating through the sky. Take in a deep breath to the count of four. And then breathe out slowly to the count of six. Five, four, three, two, and one. And imagine you are floating in the sky. Enjoy this feeling of weightlessness, a feeling of being completely free. Your body feels weightless and free. Your mind feels totally free. Your legs and arms are floppy and relaxed. And just stay here. Breathing deeply for as long as you wish. Breathe in deeply through your nose and breathe out and let it all go. And when you are ready, just wiggle your fingers and toes. Have a nice big stretch and open your eyes and repeat to yourself, I am light, I am light, I am relaxed and light. Enjoy this feeling. Put a smile on your face and have a wonderful afternoon. For all of us here at Finding Your Bliss, I'm Judy Liebrack, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.